welcome to the Wi-Fi Nomads podcast. I'm your host, Kate Smith, sharing with you how to successfully start working remotely while traveling the world. If you're ready to break free of the nine to five grind and achieve more freedom and fulfillment in life, be sure to apply to one of our upcoming Wi-Fi Nomads programs in Bali, Indonesia. It's an immersive professional development training program showing you step-by-step how to start earning an income remotely so you can work from anywhere in the world. Spots are limited, so be sure to apply soon. You don't want to miss out. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome everybody to the Wi-Fi Nomads podcast. I'm your host, Kate Smith. Our next guest used to be stuck in the nine to five grind working for the Canadian government before quitting his job to join Wi-Fi Nomads program and is currently traveling the world on remote year. Joining from Marrakesh, Morocco, our Wi-Fi Nomads alumni, a true OG from the very first program. I'm excited to introduce you to Rami Aboud. Welcome, Rami. Thanks, Kate. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. I'm super excited to have you um, join us today for the podcast and share your journey going remote and your experience on Wi-Fi Nomads, your experience on Remote Year. Um, We had talked about Remote Year. Um, I'd been on Remote Year and we had talked about what that experience would be like for you. So I'm really curious to see how it's been going for you. You were working for the government. That's like a true nine to five. Do you mind sharing how you got to that place where you're working the nine to five and what really shifted you to make this change to working online? Yeah, sure. So I studied engineering back in university um, and I worked for a few years for IBM as an engineer and I really hated it, um, partly due to the fact that it was very technical and uh, I'm a creative person. So um, that had something to do with it. But also what I realize now is the actual nine to five routine, going to a desk job, that was also a big factor. So I thought if I switched careers or switched my focus, that would alleviate that. So I switched into web design development and I did that for about seven years at the government. And I, I still didn't enjoy it, even though it was more creative and I loved what I did. I just never enjoyed that routine of the nine to five, you know, uh, same traffic jams in the morning and in the afternoon, going to the same office every day. So I realized that going to a desk and working from there every single day was a big portion of why I didn't like that. So um, about two and a half years ago, I decided to quit my job and just work for myself. And that's basically how I got here. And one of the big factors was joining Wi-Fi Nomads, uh, which we did two and a half years ago in Bali. That was something that really helped me alleviate some of my worries and made me more comfortable to actually make that jump. Awesome. And I remember when you first joined Wi-Fi, you had your job and then we got on the call the next time you're like, yeah, I quit. Um, (laughs) So can you, I mean, that's a big, that's a scary thing for a lot of people. What was going through your head at that point to, to, to quit because you hadn't gone on Wi-Fi yet. So you're really kind of giving it your all. What was going through your head and, and how did your family and friends react to that? That's a good question. So it was a long time coming. I've been thinking about, quitting or just leaving that the nine to five behind for a long time. It was just, it was, it was hard to actually get to that point where you actually made the jump. So we've talked about this before, but I was going through a breakup at that time and that really affected me. So I felt like I was really at rock bottom at that point. And I just realized that I didn't want to live a life that I was unfulfilled by. And so that was kind of the catalyst for why I actually made the jump at that point. Uh, whereas before I was kind of just comfortable, just like 
streaming through life. It was, you know, it was cool. It was chill, but uh, it wasn't challenging. It wasn't satisfying. So that was the catalyst that really helped me jump off and make the leap. Did you have any fears when you were making that leap? Oh yeah, big time. I remember on Wi-Fi, my sense of urgency was through the roof because <laughs> I had just quit my job. I, I didn't even know where I was going to live in two weeks. I didn't even, I didn't know how I was going to make money. I didn't know any of these things. Um, I don't know what happened. It just, something inside of me told me that was the thing to do and that everything would be okay. So everything turned out to be okay. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think that a lot of people need to to face that almost breaking point where it's like there's a big breakup or a big life event to make that change? Or do you think people can be proactive? Like what, what, what's your sense? So I think everyone's different for me. I think I needed that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that that's the same for everyone, but I think it definitely uh, helped me if you could, if you could even say the word help, but it definitely, uh, definitely helped someone like me, my personality type to do that because I like my job was great. I <clears throat> I had great benefits. You know, I was making good money. It was kind of cool, and um, it was just comfortable. I just got to a point where I didn't want to be comfortable anymore. I wanted to make something of my life, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to live. Uh, I wanted to be as happy as possible, not just coast through life at like seventy percent happiness. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And so when you, you know, you committed to Wi Fi Nomads. What was going through your head? You're at this point where you quit your job. You're about to get on a plane to Bali. What's going through your head right before you join us um, in Bali to join the program? It's, it's funny to, to look back and think at it now because I'm in such a different place now, two and a half years ago. But I remember back then I was very scared. I was very anxious, nervous. Um, so many things were undecided. And I was just, I guess I was searching for answers and I was hoping Wi-Fi would give me answers and it definitely helped. But at the same time, you already kind of know the answers based on your gut. So I just really learned to follow my gut and trust my instincts. And um, I just did and didn't, it didn't even make sense. Like I'm a logical person, but a lot of the stuff that I did at the time was extremely illogical and it worked out. So I'm just, I'm lucky that I'm, I'm still here, I guess. Amazing. And maybe you can share with everybody what that experience was like. I know the program shifted a little bit from the very first program we ran with your group. Can you maybe just share from your perspective what that experience was like and, you know, the the people you connected with just just in general, what that was like for you? Sure. The experience on Wi-Fi? Yeah. So the people I met were amazing. So we're still good friends now. A lot of us, we still keep in touch and I consider them really good friends of mine, lifelong friends. So that was the main thing that I got out of it. Um, I really enjoyed those connections that we made. And then also there was a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, logistical stuff that you helped us with that, you know, helped us figure out where we wanted to live based on certain things or, you know, going through business plans to figure out how to improve or start a new business. So really like step-by-step, like logical things that we can take to actually, you know, take that leap. But I would definitely say the connections that we made were amazing. And just being in Bali, Bali is still one of my favorite places that I've, that I've ever been to. 
Amazing. Yeah, I think really having that support network is really important. And I think that on our group, having a small group size really allowed everyone to really connect on that level. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you actually share with everybody? So you joined Wi-Fly and then afterwards um, you started working online remotely. Maybe you can share like what it is you do. Cause a lot of people are probably thinking, okay, well, what do you, what do you do online? Um, and I know, I think you may have had a shift since since Wi-Fi, but what, what did you start doing right after Wi-Fi and, you know, how soon were you bringing on clients? Maybe you can share that as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I do web design development. That's what I worked for, for the government for almost seven years. And uh, that's just what I'm really good at. And I, I really do enjoy it. Um, so that's what I've been doing the last two and a half years, more or less. Yeah. I think uh, it's that, it's that simple. So a big part, biggest transition that I found going from nine to five to working for myself is now um, when I was working nine to five, I was just doing web design development. That's all I was doing. I was, you know, in, in the work, just doing all that. Now kind of have to take a step back and you have to be everything for your business. You have to do sales, you have to do marketing, you have to do accounting, you have to do all that. So now most of my time is spent working on the business versus doing the actual web design work. Yeah, that's actually that's a really, difference. yeah, that's a really yeah. good point for a lot mm-hmm. of people getting into this. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I'm going to be a freelancer, say a designer, that means I'm just going to be designing full time. When in reality, you have a portion of time pitching clients, a portion mm-hmm. managing the business and finances. And the reality is, is that there's like only a specific amount of time where you're actually doing that design work. Yeah. <clears throat> for you, so I know after Wi-Fi, you spent some time in California, you've just joined Remote Year. During that transition from, you know, joining Wi-Fi, kind of getting things going with working remote, what for you was, what was the biggest challenge making that shift from the nine to five to, to working remote? That's a good question. So working for yourself definitely brings out all your inner demons. So it's really, it's just as much a mental struggle as it is um, like a physical or work struggle. So it really challenges your confidence. Like when you're pitching clients, when you're trying to sell something, your confidence really shows through at a, at a very like deep level. So the, if you're not confident in yourself, people can tell. So that's something you really have to work on. And that's something that I've really been working on. So I've been really reading a lot, uh, being very introspective, which I never did before. You know, reading a lot of psychology books, a lot of sales books, all these things. And a common theme is that it really stems, sales really stem from inner confidence. So that's something that I wasn't really working on before when I just had the nine to five job when I could just coast through. But now I really have to work on that. And I've really realized I do have a lot of, a lot of issues with myself that I've worked on and that I can improve. So it's not easy. It's definitely not an easy path to take, but I really enjoy it because every day is different. You know, I'm, I'm always working on new things, whether it's on myself or on my business or something else. It's, it's definitely a big challenge, but that's, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I know our first program was very specific to, okay, here's what to do. Here's the how to the second program is when we introduce more of the mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I, I saw that in you guys where it was like, okay, we can give you everything there is to know, but if you're, 
if your mindset's not there and you don't have that confidence and you know these, this fear of whether it's selling yourself or your services, it will impact your success. And and like you said, you know, when you dive even into entrepreneurship, it's not like there's work in life. It's so integrated into your life. And if you have issues within yourself that are impacting your confidence, that's going to impact your business. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. We'll, we'll keep kind of going in your story to kind of where you're at now. So you joined Wi-Fi, um, you know, obviously making that shift from the nine to five to working remote had some challenges and it, and it is a huge mindset shift, right? It's a whole new way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, you spent some time in California. We actually met up in California when yeah. we were both there, which was really cool. And then you had been planning to join remote year. So I don't know if there's anything you want to share between California and remote year or kind of just share the beginnings of how, um, how you started diving into remote year. Yeah, sure. So this actually goes way back. Remote year is about four years old now. And yeah. I almost joined the very first program, the one that you were on. So yeah. I, was this, I was this close to joining it back then. And um, back then I still was, you know, I still have my job and all these things. So I just wasn't ready to make the leap, uh, obviously. And then Actually, when I was... Explain also what remote year is for those listening that aren't, I mean, I'm sure everyone yeah. knows, but just for those that aren't familiar. Yeah, sure. So basically what remote year is, it's a group of people. Our program has about 35 people. So we all have remote jobs or our own business that we run remotely. And we travel together for 12 months and we go to 12 different cities. So a new city each month for a year, basically. Awesome. But yeah, so I, <clears throat> I had applied for remote year four years ago. Um, I decided I wasn't ready back then. And then uh, recently when I moved to California, I was in San Diego and that's where I really was trying to get my business off the ground. And so I would go to a million networking events a week. So I was just networking my, my butt off and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep it PG. <laughs> and, um, so one of the, one of the events that I went to was a remote year meetup. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I could meet some like-minded people, you know, um, who knows, could make some friends cause I had considered it in the past, but I wasn't really considering it anymore. I went to this meetup and it kind of re- reignited that spark that I had to, to join the program and travel for a year with, you know, 30 people. So that's kind of when it started going through my head. This was probably last February or so. And then I just kind of mulled it over and mulled it over. Um, I don't like to commit to anything long-term, especially a year of travel. And then eventually I just decided to do it. And we started last month in Cape town and uh, now we're in Marrakesh. Awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to dive into the remote year experience before I do that. When you were in California, you mentioned about networking. Mm -hmm. Can you share your experience of networking and the role that's played in your journey to going remote? If any. Oh, it's been a big part of my journey. So after Wi-Fi, I decided to move to San Diego uh, just to set down some sort of roots and start my business and just focus on my business. So I went there, I didn't know a single person. And so I just decided to start going to networking events. So um, some of the events, I would use an app called Meetup. It's a pretty popular app. So I would use that app and I would just put my interests like sports, startups, web design, things like that. And then it would suggest different events for you to go to. So I'd probably go to like three to five events a week. And then uh, that way, um, that's how I really built a network in San Diego. And 
what I didn't know when I moved there is San Diego is very big on startups. So there's a very big and, and boisterous uh, startup scene there. So I really got entrenched into that scene and I got to know a lot of people and I started forming a little community there. And, you know, when you start setting up roots, people start to kind of know you like, oh, that's Rami, he, you know, he's a web developer. So that's kind of how networking works. So you start making friends, you start making connections, and then they introduce you to other people and it just, it's like this big web. So yeah, that's just kind of how it worked. And I was really focusing on that, um, especially because I didn't know anyone at the time. Focus was growing my business. So I thought that was the best way for me to grow my business is by networking. And has that been the best way or have you found another way that seems to be the best approach for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I still, most of my clients are people that I've met in San Diego or people that I've met through my networking in San Diego. And um, when I first started networking, I would go into it like, okay, I need to find a client. So if I go to event, I'd go and I just look for clients. However, that didn't really work and didn't really come across as genuine. So I realized that and I kind of shifted my focus. At, instead of doing that, I would just go and try to make friends. And that was so much more comfortable, so much more fun. Uh, I met some awesome people. And, you know, even if that person that you meet there is not going to be a client, maybe they know somebody in their network that, you know, needs your services or you could help. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's something that we've also focused more on in, in Wi-Fly now since your first program is yeah. the power and importance. But how to approach networking and selling? Because everyone thinks, ooh, they get this icky feeling when they think of sales and networking because a lot of people approach it like you originally did where it's like, I need to get clients and yeah. it doesn't work that way. And that's not what networking is. It's really about building those relationships and it may not happen immediately, but you may have clients, like you said, you left San Diego a while ago and you still have people contacting you and it, it's really a long-term game. And I think this whole, you know, making the shift to remote work is a long-term game. It's, it's not yeah. like this quick thing, actually maybe touch on that, the, just that whole, you know, cause it, it takes a lot to, to make that shift to go remote. It takes a lot of commitment and dedication, long-term vision. And a lot of people want it to happen immediately overnight, overnight. And that's not the reality. And it, it takes a lot of patience. Maybe you can share your experience just with like the patience and dedication it requires to make it a reality. Yeah, absolutely. So it takes a lot of consistency and passion. Um, when I moved to San Diego, I was very, I was just so focused on being successful. Also, I didn't have a choice. I wasn't making any money. I was moving to San Diego. San Diego is one of the most expensive cities to live in, in North America, if not the world. Yeah. And, um, I was just, my sense of urgency was very high. So I was determined to make it happen. And I was just focusing all my efforts on my business and meeting new people. So I think that's also a part of the problem at the beginning was since I, since I wasn't making, you know, consistent money, like yeah. I was used to at the beginning, that's kind of how, why my mindset was going in, looking for clients at these events. Yeah. But, uh, luckily I realized it soon enough, there's more a long-term game and you know, things will eventually work out in the end. So you really yeah. have to, um, you really have to be passionate about what you're doing. I think that really helps. And, you know, like, I don't think I'm, I'm not going to be a web designer forever, or web developer forever, but yeah. I do enjoy it. I enjoy growing businesses. That's something I've learned working on businesses. And I really enjoyed the startup scene. So those are things that I really focused on. And I just used that passion to kind of push me forward. Yeah. And, and make things grow. 
It's interesting because in a way, because you went all in, you just like quit and went all in. And in a way, obviously that could be a bit stressful because Mm -hmm. it's like, I need to make money because I've just gone all in. However, that being said, what I've noticed from our past alumni and Wi-Fi, the ones that have gone all in that quit their job before joining Wi-Fi have had the most success. So Mm -hmm. in a way it can be more stressful because it's like, okay, I have to make this work. However, I think in a way, that's what's almost led to this success because you don't have that comfort. Like it's so easy to get stuck in that, like one more paycheck or, you know, you get that, that sense of comfort, but when, when you have no other choice and it like literally have no choice, you have nothing to do, but make it work. And I think in a way, you know, it's perhaps a bit more stressful in that sense, but those of you that went all in have had the most success um, with the program and going remote. So you so you're in California, um, you know, obviously networking, kind of sorting out how that works. Um, then maybe take us to those those steps before you joined Remote Year. So you know you, you did have some hesitation. I guess you joined that meetup in California that kind of shifted your perspective to to want to join again. So so what changed? Like if you you know you didn't really you kind of didn't want to, and now you did. Like what what changed in that meetup? Um, so I, I kind of just forgot about it. So it had been about three years since I first applied to the first program that you were on. And then, I don't know, it just wasn't really, it was maybe in the back of my mind, but I wasn't really thinking about it actively. And then when I went to that meetup, then it kind of like, it got my gears turning. And then that's when I started considering going towards it. And so after, um, I lived in San Diego for almost a year and then I moved back home to Ottawa, Canada. And uh, I was just there for a few months because I really, really want to focus on my business. I knew if I just went there, I'd have zero distractions. I just uh, work on my business all day, every day. That's what I did. And then it was during that time that I just decided, you know what, I've been wanting to do this for four years, I guess. Yeah. So if I never did it, I would regret it, I feel. So that's kind of why I took the jump. What was the biggest pull for you to want to join Remote Year? What was it about Remote Year that really pulled you in? Um, so I say I'd say it's two things. Number one, the community. So community of you know thirty five people, hopefully like minded um, that you can learn from or you know uh, connect with. And number two would be exploring the world, um, but not just traveling. I would like to. So my dream is to live in two or three places. So I'd like to live in Ottawa for the summertime because uh, it gets cold in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to be there for about four months of the year. And then I want to live in two other places. And I'm not sure where those two other places are yet. So I think this year is going to help me uh, figure that out. Absolutely. It helped me figure it out. That's when yeah. I fell in love with Bali when yeah. I was on remote yeah. year. Okay. So let's talk about remote year because, you sure. know, we, we could have been on the first remote year program because <laughs> um, you had applied to that one. And I remember you asking about remote year and I was trying to share my experience and it's kind of hard to put into words um, because it's a whole year of your life. So you're on month two of remote year. Can you share where you've been so far, where you are now and, you know, leading up to that departure of remote year? Cause like you said, it's a big commitment. It's a year with 30 strangers that you don't know. So maybe you yeah. can explain, yeah, how long you've been on the program, where you're at now and the moments leading up to that. Yeah, sure. Um, Where do I start? So our first month was in Cape Town. Cape Town's beautiful. I'd never even really considered it before. Uh, It's a beautiful place, has amazing nature, has beautiful mountains and beaches. 
Uh, it's, it's very cool. It's in South Africa. And this is our second month. We're in Marrakesh, Morocco. So um, Marrakesh is very different. It's small city. There's not really that much to do. Um, the culture is very cool. It's, it's mostly a Muslim culture. Um, they speak French and Arabic mainly, which I do as well. So I really enjoy, you know, practicing those languages. But the number one thing that I found is it's much more challenging than I than I realized. So it's, you know, it's kind of, it's a very unnatural situation being around like 35 people all the time, like every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, yeah, it's very challenging. It's hard to stay disciplined. So I think that those people that have a nine to five remote job are finding it maybe a bit easier to keep that routine because they have no choice. They have their set work hours. Whereas, you know, there's always something going on. Like I could show you my calendar right now. There's like seven events a day going on. So it's very hard to stay disciplined and, yeah. um, and basically it's FOMO is a real thing. So like, I'm actually glad that I didn't do this when I was younger because my FOMO would have been through the roof. Now, <laughs> luckily I know how to control it a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like in Cape town, our first month, I, I went to so many different activities and events. We went, went hiking, went to the beach, you know, went on road trips, all these kind of things. Then I realized I'm like, like, hold on. Like I need to, take a step back like this is not a year-long vacation so in Marrakesh I really just kind of settled down I'm just living a normal life I wake up I go to the gym and then I go to work and then you know maybe I'll do an activity at night when I'm done work yeah. but but it's just been a lot more chill here so it's a big adjustment it's a very big adjustment um but we're very lucky to be able to do this yeah Absolutely. yeah it's interesting because I had a very similar experience, you know, going there first month, we did so much and then everyone got burnt out and we we're just like, Hey, we can't do this for a year. It needs yeah. to be sustainable in some way. Um, what was your first month? We were in Prague for my first month. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Which, which is like a tourist place and very easy to party very late. Yeah. Um, what, what has it been like on remote year? Like I, I'm curious because when I went on, it was the first time like four years ago and now, you know, a lot's changed. What is, what's your experience like in terms of like the group dynamic in terms of the program? Like what is the program offering you? What, what is your group like? Like what is, can you dive into that a bit more? Yeah, sure. So I think, I think it's a lot more structured than it used to be. I'm assuming just from what we've spoken about versus what I'm seeing. I'm so, assuming too. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's our group or just how things have changed, but people don't actually party that much here, which is kind of surprising, but yeah. it's a good thing. Also, some of my some of my observations or based on my expectations so yeah. i expected there to be a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. on the program and there actually aren't that many um that's interesting yeah so that's one thing that i noted or i found uh different than what i expected so the group dynamic so in cape town it was cool everyone's getting along like things were very chill or at least i was oblivious but since right now we're in marrakesh we're all living in the same complex so and there's not much to do in marrakesh so we're kind of like in a fishbowl so there's been some some issues popping out this month just based on those two things but i think that's normal for for any program like this because it's, it's just so unnatural that there are going to be issues that happen, but I think the, the cool thing with our group is everyone, I think everyone is a good person. 
And, you know, there's a lot of really cool people, a lot of smart people, you know, people that just genuinely care about others and everyone's very supportive. So yeah. like if, like I was sick last week and, you know, everyone's like, oh, do you need anything? Do you want me to get you some meds or some water or some food, whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, so everyone's, uh, everyone's very cool. But I think, you know, the, the issues are inevitable. It's going to happen uh, with a group like this. Um, so that's just kind yeah. of a few things that I found. That kind of reminds me, I remember on the remote year, our group was so different, like very diverse. Like you have kind of nerdy people and jockey people and this and that, but everyone was friends because they had this like common bond of wanting to work online. And I think it's really interesting what you're saying with the partying, because I remember my group met the second and third group. We had like this big event with the three remote year programs all in one. And the second and third group were so different from us. And it's weird because in a way the group and the people create the experience. So no two remote year programs will ever be the same because it's the group that makes that dynamic. And, you know, you might have some groups that party more, some groups that are, you know, maybe there's another group that has a lot more entrepreneurs than your group. And that really shapes the program in a way. You talked about your expectation versus reality. Can you share anything else in the sense of what your expectation was going in versus what it's really like? Yeah, so um, I, I guess I expected it to be more diverse culturally. So I'd say it's probably 90, 90 plus percent uh, American. There's a few Canadians and then maybe, I think maybe one or two people that are not North American. There's a few British people as well, yeah. but I think they're very similar to North Americans in my mind at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was one thing that was different than my expectations. Yeah, the the entrepreneur thing was a big thing. Like for me, one of my biggest goal for this year is to really grow my business or start a new business. And I was really hoping that there would be some people that were like, you know, maybe startup tech founders or people that I could really learn from in that aspect. And there's a lot of really smart people that I can learn from here, but not there's no one that's exactly in that kind of niche that I expected. Yeah. Another thing. What else is there? Um, I, yeah, I didn't expect it to be this hard to, to be disciplined, like just, just so much going on all the time. That's, that's my biggest takeaway here in month two. Yeah. And I mean, the best way to, to sort it is you eventually learn, like even for me, I went through the same thing and then you just, you have no choice, but to prioritize and manage your time because otherwise you just burn out and it's just not doable. Right. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, having a business and really wanting to grow your business. Maybe you can share with the audience what that journey is like, because a lot of people listening right now, they want to go remote. Some, you know, may work for a remote company. Some may want to start a business. What has that journey of starting a business been like? And like, do you have any tips for people, you know, wanting to get started with having a business, things they should keep in mind? Yeah, it's not as hard as you'd think. So for me, this is what I did. Basically, I know how to make websites. So what do I need to start a business is I need a client. So the first, all you need to have a business are sales. So the first thing that I did is, okay, how do I get clients? I go network and talk to people to see if they need a website. So it's really not much harder than that, but it's just how to do it. There's no, there's no step-by-step process on how to start a business. Everything is different. There's no right or wrong way, really. So for me, I took a look at my strengths and weaknesses and I was just very introspective. So I'm good at technical stuff. I'm not good at selling or I wasn't. So at the beginning I was reading a lot about sales, a lot about psychology because psychology helps with selling. 
And then I was just actually going out and doing it. So it wasn't just the theory. Like I, it, it's scary. It sucks. It kind of, it's, you know, it's, it brings out a lot of, you know, of your inner fears, but you just got to go out and do it. So that's, that's why I really focus on networking because, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the higher chances you are of succeeding. So that was, you know, kind of my way of doing it. I was looking at what, okay, like simplify as much as possible. So I just kind of took that route and just really worked on my weaknesses and tried to make them into more strengths or at least, you know, at least good enough to run my business. Yeah. You just touched on so many good points that I just want to reiterate to everyone listening. You said, okay, I want to start a business. What do I need? Sales. So often people get distracted. Oh, I need to create a site. I need to create a logo. I need to do all this social media. And it's like, no, you need sales. That should be your number one focus. And I think people try to start at step 10 and then they get overwhelmed. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, like you said, keep it simple. And so many people will overcomplicate the process, Mm. but it's keep it simple, focused on the most important thing. The most important thing is usually not the fun thing. Like you said, your most important thing was sales and it was the thing that was most uncomfortable for you. And that's the thing with business is like, you know, usually the most important thing is the thing you don't want to do, not the the fun, glamorous thing. Um, And then you mentioned, you mentioned the, the word, well, the good enough stood out to me. And I think that's another important point is that people think if I start a business, I need to be this super expert certified in a million things. But the reality is, is it's about adding value to your client. And as long as you're one step ahead of your client, that's enough to add value. And you can kind of learn as you go, as long as you can always be just, you know, a step ahead or, you know, even if your client knows the same level as you, as long as you're saving them time and adding value in some way, I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So is there anything else in terms of, I, I do want to dive into some more tangible um, aspects of, you know, just working remote and advice that you have for people that are considering to go remote. Is there anything else that you want to share in terms of the remote year program and what that's been like? Is there anything else that you want to touch on with that? It is, it is still months to like, we're still very early in the process. Like I said, I think it's, it's, it is what you make of it. So it's going to be, it's going to be very challenging. You're going to have your up and down days, but you really have to be intentional on what you want this experience to be. So there's some people on the program that are just, you know, they're just traveling. They're trying to see everything they can um, in Marrakesh and Cape Town. They're trying to go to, you know, they, they take flights to go somewhere like four hours away and see a new city, things like that. And that's fine. If that's what you want, then go for it. That's, that's your experience. It's your year. You're paying for this. So, make it what you want. For me, I have my goals. So I was very clear on what I wanted from this. I wanted to, number one, um, grow my business. And then number two, make a positive social impact. So those are the two things that I'm really focusing on. And I look at my decisions that way. So if, you know, people are going to ask you, oh, do you want to go on this trip? Do you want to do this event? Do you want to do all these things? And so if they bring me towards my goals, my two goals, then I'll say yes. Otherwise I say no. So that's really what I've done to, to help me through the two months so far, because it is very overwhelming. Wow. That is amazing. And I think that advice is even very applicable to people still in the nine to five. It's Mm -hmm. getting really clear on your intention. What am I setting out to do? And then every action you do guiding that, is that taking me closer or further away from it? If it's not taking me closer to it, then I drop it. So often 
people in nine to five, they'll, you know, it's like this shiny object, you know, like they get a raise or a promotion and it kind of keeps them in there. But the reality is it's quite black and white. Like, is this taking you closer to your goal or is it not? And if it's not, you should drop it. I think that's really, really valuable advice. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. And let's talk about this lifestyle in general of just working online and traveling the world. How would you explain this lifestyle and what it's like? You've essentially traded in the pros and cons of the nine to five to the pros and cons of working online, right? Maybe you can speak a bit towards that. In my opinion, anyways, one's not better than the other. You're just shifting one set of pros and cons for another. Um, and it's just what you prioritize and what's more important to you. So maybe you can touch on what you've experienced as what those pros and cons have been and what you've been going through. Yeah, absolutely. So just so like you said, it one is not better than the other. I respect people who do the nine to five and if you enjoy that, then go for it. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all in terms of some of the pros and cons. So I remember, you know, the case of the Sunday blues, you know, sun, on Sundays, you're like, oh, no, I got to go to work tomorrow because it's Monday. So I don't have that anymore. So I think for me, that alone is worth so much because I genuinely enjoy waking up every day because every day is a new challenge. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen today. I wake up, you know, I might have a new email with a new business opportunity or a new client or something like that. I don't know what's going to happen today. And I really enjoy that. Um, on the other hand, when you do have a nine to five, it's kind of easy just to wake up, go to work, come, come home and turn it off. Whereas now it's hard to turn it off. You know, I'm checking my emails at night. I'm doing work on weekends, but the cool thing is that I get to choose more or less when I work. So I like that freedom. And for me, it would be very hard for me to go back to a nine to five, especially if I had to be in an office. Um, maybe if it was remote, I could handle it, but I'm, I'm not sure even. Um, so for me, the, the, the pros outweigh the cons. And I think that's all that matters. It is, it's what, what it means to you. If, if the pros outweigh the cons for you, then do it. If not, if being stable, having, you know, like that stable paycheck, having that stable routine, if that means more to you, then all the power to you. Yeah. And I think kind of going back to what you were saying before, you have to be clear on, like, do you really want this? Like, do I really want to go remote? Because it's not this type of thing where you can go like half in, half out. You kind of really need to fully dedicate or it will be difficult to happen. So with working remote, obviously you have this new flexibility and freedom. Like you get to, to work when you want, where you want, you're in control of that. That obviously allows for more things to happen, more experiences. What has been kind of like the coolest thing or opportunity that you've got to experience that you wouldn't have otherwise had you been in the nine to five? Sure. So many like living in San Diego alone was amazing. San Diego is one of the coolest places. Uh, getting to live there for almost a year was yeah. a great experience. Um, getting to travel whenever I want, basically like being able to do a remote year, getting to see 12 new cities that I would have never seen. Um, also just being able to really work on myself. I think that's really important. So that's kind of something that I never even realized I needed to do before. Um, I thought it was just fine, but I think there's, there's so many things that you, so many issues that you might, might have that you don't even know, or so many weaknesses that you could, that you could improve on that, for me, bringing transition to this lifestyle really brought that out. And um, it's just been, you know, a, a self-improvement process. And it's, 
it's going on today. It'll go on forever. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever be, you know, where I want to be or I'll, you know, people will always have problems. We'll always have issues. We'll always have things to work on. But I think this has really helped me work on them or at least brought it to light. Yeah, absolutely. When I started working online, I feel like I had more growth in one year than my entire life. Because Mm -hmm. like you said, when you're traveling and you know, you're working online, it's, it's putting a mirror up to things you never even realized were there. And until you take that path, then you discover it. So a lot of people listening right now, you know, they're in the nine to five, they want to work online. I'd love to leave them with you know, bits of advice and some tangible things that they can take away and apply themselves. What do you think for somebody that's listening and they're in the nine to five right now, they want to work online. What's your advice to them in terms of like those next steps that they should take? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So what I would say is, so what I did, I actually kind of freelanced on the side when I had my nine to five job and I kind of got a bit of experience doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, that's how I realized that I really wanted it. Some people think they want this lifestyle and it sounds glamorous. You really just make sure you're very introspective and you res- reflect on why you want this. So if you just want to take cool Instagram pictures and be able to travel all the time, it's, it's not actually like that. Like we, like I do work all the time and it's just that I'm working from Morocco today versus back home in a desk. So yeah. Um, it's, it's not all glitz and glamour. Like I want to make sure people understand that it's, you know, most of it is just working and, you know, there's a lot of challenges that come with it. Um, but it just, you know, really take a second to understand why you want to do this and it make sure it's for yourself and not to look cool in front of your friends and family. So that's uh, an important thing. And in terms of steps, it's hard to say in general, like, um, definitely join Wi-Fi nomads. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. I'm not paying them for yeah. that. <laughs> no, but, um, I would say try it out. So if you have a skill that you think you could use such as web design, maybe graphic design, writing, social media management, whatever it might be, try it out. If you're too scared to make that jump from nine to five straight into it, that's totally understandable try it out. Maybe get a few freelance clients on the side, see if you actually like it. And then that way that'll kind of ease your transition into it. And I think that's the way to start because you don't know if you like it unless you actually try it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point and really understanding your why. Um, And I I say to so many people, I'm like, I, I do this because I want to, like, you know, when I live in Bali, it's because I want to be there. I'm not there because I'm like, Oh, this looks cool for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, even for me, like I post it because, you know, I post stuff online because that's my brand, but I do it because that's what I want, where I find some people, you know, if it's not aligned with your, your deeper meaning and like, you know, you're just, you know, like you were saying, if you just want to post cool Instagram photos, it's going to be a short lived experience for you. It has to be something that you actually really want. And it does require a lot of work. And, you know, if you don't want it bad enough, very soon you'll be out of it. Um, like, you know, not working online because you'll find out really fast how bad you want it or not. 
And what is your advice for people, you know, like you suggested, you can, you can try it out on the side, you know, do some freelancing, kind of get a feel for what it's like. How does one broach that conversation with family and friends and deal with people that don't get it? Because a lot, a big challenge for a lot of listeners right now is that they're surrounded by people that don't get it. And you probably had the same thing when, before Wi-Fi, um, you know, surrounded by people that just don't understand what you're doing. They don't really get it. What's your advice to people to deal with that, especially when you're just starting out and you're surrounded by so many people that are just have this whole different way of thinking? Um, yeah, that's a good question as well. So for me, I honestly, I didn't even care. Like I knew this is what I needed. And if somebody, the people that love me will understand, if not now, eventually. And if even if they don't understand, they'll support me. So um, I think... I honestly wasn't really too worried about that. I'm sure that's a valid concern for most people, but if this is something that is calling you, if this is something that your heart really wants, it doesn't matter what other people think. The people that truly love you will eventually understand and support you. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like, are you living life for you? Or are you living it for other exactly. people? Exactly. When I was on remote year and finished up, Sam, one of the founders, um, sent us an email when we wrapped up and he he mentioned to us because he knew we were about to go home and a lot of people wouldn't understand what we just experienced and he said something I think it was Sam it might have been Greg um, but anyways he said something really powerful and it was not everyone needs to get it not everyone needs to understand exactly and yeah and I think one thing for me when I started I remember some people were really confused they're like this doesn't make sense but as you dive into it and you show people that it works, they start to get it and they're like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And like, okay, you, you know, you are being responsible. You're not just like, oh, I just want to up and travel. And they see like, you're doing it with good intentions. And, and like you said, they may never get it, but it's just, you know, the right people will still support it. They may say, mm -hmm. I don't get it, but I will support you. And it's just like, you know, even my friends that have nine to fives, I don't get it because I don't want that, but I still support them and what they want. Right. And I yeah. think that's, that's really important is, mm -hmm. is having that. Um, yeah. Um, and when I went back home, I had, I had so many of my family and friends be like, honestly, like, I think it's so cool what you're doing. Like that. So keep it up. Yeah. I think that's yeah. actually a really good point is that you'll, you, some people may face a lot of resistance, but you're going to inspire so many people by your mm -hmm. actions and not even all those people will tell you. So there's going to be a whole slew that you're inspiring that don't voice that to you. Yeah. And only a small fraction actually will voice, wow, this is really cool. It's kind of inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Awesome. Um, Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything in terms of, you know, your journey and from Wi-Fi to remote year and just this whole journey of going from the nine to five to working online. Is there anything else that you want to leave um, the audience with in terms of, you know, knowing that a lot of people listening are in the nine to five want to make that transition. Is there anything else that you would like to share with them or leave with them um, in terms of, you know, them going remote, anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered? Um, yeah, sure. One thing is it's okay if you're in a nine to five, there's nothing wrong with being in it. And as long as you enjoy it, make sure that's what you want. Um, with that said, it is kind of corny, but I say, make sure you follow your heart. So um, I've, I'm a very logical person and I have tendencies to think with my head, but all the decisions I made that made no sense and that came from my gut or my instincts or my heart have been the best decisions I've ever made. So I'd say, you know, it, it is very cheesy, but that's the number one uh, piece of advice I can give anyone. 
I absolutely love that. And I completely agree just on my own journey as well. I think that's amazing advice. And where can people get in touch with you or follow along on your journey? You're on this cool one-year journey on remote year. Can you share with us how people can follow along? Yeah, sure. So uh, follow on my Instagram. It's at Rami Axe. That's R-H-A-M-I underscore A-X. And I have a lot of cool pictures and uh, see me all over the world. Awesome. And if anyone needs a web developer, where should they go? Um, yeah, you can message me on Instagram or my, my email is Rami, R-H-A-M-I at archco, webdesign.com. That's cool. A-R-C-H-C-O, webdesign.com. Awesome. So I'll link yeah. to those. Amazing. Yeah. Rami, it was so good catching up with you. Good luck on your remote year journey. You have a whole bunch of growth ahead of you, I'm sure. Okay. Just the last two months has probably been full on. Um, but thank you for taking time. I know you're super busy, but thanks for sharing your journey with everyone listening. And thanks for being here. It's been good to catch up. Yeah, my pleasure, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Wi-Fi Nomads podcast, showing you how to successfully go remote. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave a review. And if you haven't already, head over to wifinomads.com. That's W-I-F-L-Y nomads, N-O-M-A-D-S dot com, where you can learn more about how you can get started working remotely from anywhere in the world by joining one of our upcoming programs. Remember, spots are limited, so be sure to apply soon. Until next time, everyone, safe travels.